Welcome to Office Hours on the Fangoria Podcast Network. My name is Dr. Rebecca McKendry, and this is a bonus episode for my podcast, Nightmare University. On these bonus episodes, I'll be exploring behind-the-scenes tales and genre-fueled adventures from my many years at Fangoria as the Director of Marketing. Before we get into the episode, though, let's have a word from our sponsors. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Fangoria Magazine. Fangoria is now a deluxe 100-page quarterly edition. Each issue includes set visits, deep dives, new discoveries, and minimal ads, all printed on collectible-grade paper stock that reimagines the classic magazine for a 2019 audience. You'll see familiar names like Mike Gingold, Tony Timpone, and more. You'll see bylines that will make you scream with delight, like Barbara Crampton and S. Craig Zoller. And the best part, it's print only. Subscribe now at Fangoria.com. Hello and welcome to Office Hours. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca McKendry. I'm as much to blame as anyone else. Years ago, I stopped going to local rental places and switched over to Netflix or viewing my films online. And for any hard to find or really rare titles, I may take the occasional trip to ye old video rental store, but my days of using Blockbuster and Hollywood video are long gone. I wrote these words 10 years ago, exactly, as part of a Fangoria online series I did documenting the death of the video store while it was happening. Over several years, I would occasionally put up articles detailing the demise of the video store and how we were all switching over to mail-order DVDs at first and then eventually to online viewing. I made my last entry into this series about five years ago, and at that time, I had seen the bulk of the video stores close, the death of Blockbuster, and the slow decline in physical media sales. And just three years ago, I myself switched from an avid, even ravenous physical media collector to making the switch over to viewing the bulk of my movies online through Apple, Amazon, or Netflix. Around this same time, I was moving to a new house. While packing up and transporting everything I owned in a U-Haul truck, I realized that it took almost two entire trips to transport my physical media collection. And it also took nearly 14 good-sized IKEA bookcases to house the entire thing, which took up a full room in my new house. At that point, I made the gut-wrenching choice to parse down some of my physical media collections to just four bookcases. And several years later, I am back up to six bookcases, but I still keep myself in check. But this week, when I got a Facebook flashback post about that article series I had done during the death of the video stores, I began thinking about what movies I still have physical copies of and how they made the cuts when I was parsing everything down. I, of course, started with my favorite ones, the ones that I'd loved as a child, ones that I regularly screen when teaching, and fancy boutique releases containing bonus features that I could not even think of parting with. I'm looking at you, Screen Factory, Arrow, and Severn titles. But I also realized that I kept a lot of VHS tapes. So why during the decline of physical media would I cling so fervently to VHS tapes that were honestly not the best movies ever made? I have a mint big box copy of 1982's film Centipede Terror featuring an unnecessarily large amount of fake slime vomit and the aforementioned centipedes. I have a clamshell copy of not just 1957's Poor White Trash, but also 1974's Poor White Trash 2. And I also have a well-worn, sun-lightened copy of the lesser-known 1980 artistic slasher, Fade to Black. 
So what do all these VHS tapes have in common that I felt were important enough to keep? They are all difficult, incredibly expensive, or in some cases nearly impossible to find in any type of physical format or even to screen legally online. I'm a child of the 1980s, and I grew up on a steady diet of Count Chocula cereal, bad hair metal, and VHS tapes, most of which were procured from a mom-and-pop video store in my hometown of Winchester, Virginia. It was among these dusty shelves that I, quoting the damned, caught the tide at the flood and completely and totally fell in love with the video nasty. Actually, I can safely say that without my weekly trips to OnTrack's video rental to get the latest indie horror sleaze, I may not have become such a huge horror fan. I may not have proceeded to get higher education degrees focused in horror, and thus I may have never pursued my career with Fangoria, Blumhouse, or any of the other amazing horror companies that I've been lucky enough to work with. So in a roundabout way, my frequent trips to this long, closed-down video store completely shaped my career outcome, which is why it's pained me so much to be witness to the death of the video store. And I'm trying my best not to sound like an old grump here clenching her fists in the air and screaming, you damned kids in your inner culture. Don't you understand movies? In my day, we had to go to the video store and look at box covers for hours before we ever watched anything. What pains me the most here is that there are endless movie titles now trapped in VHS purgatory, having never made it past their original VHS release. And this happens for a variety of reasons. In some cases, the titles just aren't popular enough to financially validate any type of retro physical release or even an online streaming deal. In some cases, the film's assets, which would enable it to be processed into a new format, were completely lost in time. And in some cases, the films are caught in vast legal issues over ownerships and rights, or perhaps the question of who holds the rights is completely up for grabs and no one is willing to take the legal risk of releasing it. Regardless, many, many horror films are stuck in VHS format hell. I'm not quite sure what the solution to this is. Instead, I'm just kind of trying to raise awareness of it and why we should treasure our VHS tapes. I know it helps to support the fantastic physical media boutique labels and recommend their titles. And when titles that you love and remember and that you want to keep alive our release, support them by purchasing them. And it can't hurt to make requests through your favorite app, screening platforms, etc. for titles that you would love to see there. But it's also important to realize and celebrate the importance of the VHS tape, preserving horror in all formats, both online and off. And I will continue to seek out movies that I love, which have had spotty release records in a physical format, always updating and changing my own personal collection of physical media. I have seen four massive media format switchovers in just my lifetime thus far, and I'm sure tons of other movie technologies will come along. Perhaps in 15 years, I'll be venting about how much I miss spending hours mindlessly scrolling through titles on Netflix, often taking longer to select a movie than the length of the movie I'm about to watch. Perhaps I'll be complaining about why Cannibal Ferox never made it onto 3D social interpolated plasma cubes. Only time will tell. But for now, I'm gathering up as many of these lost flicks as I can get my horror-loving hands on, allowing me to return, whenever I like, to the sweet guilty pleasure of my own personal Videodrome. Thanks for listening. Nightmare.
Center University is a Fangoria Podcast Network original produced and hosted by Rebecca McKendry, producer Natasha Pacetta, executive producers Dallas Saunier and Phil Nobile Jr., associate producer Jessica Safa-Vemer, art and design by Ashley Detmering, sound recording design and mixing by David McKendry, music by The Serpentines, for Fangoria, Brandon Wynerdy, Jason Koslerich, and Rachel Wilson. <laughs>